The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Hello, and uh, welcome to a very special episode of The Real Pod. The people asked, and I'm going to do it, um, basically because I want to see if I can. Uh, this this is a monopod. If you're a big fan of Alex and Jane, uh, I apologise, you will not hear them even once on this episode, um, basically because this topic is extremely interesting to a small group of people, and I do not think that they are in that group, or at the very least, um, they're letting me indulge myself. Uh, my name's Duncan Grieve, I am one of the three hosts of The Real Pod, and this is a monopod dedicated to today's crazy news about three. Um, so what I'm going to do over the next, I don't know exactly how long, is run through the events as they happened, talk about how the story came to me, uh, talk about what I think it means. Um, TB3 is now for sale, if you haven't already heard. Um, what does that mean? Who might buy it? Will it be bought? Uh, and just some general thoughts about the channel and its legacy, because this is, this is very much a, a different moment for it. Uh, I will thank our beloved Nando's. Uh, they sponsor this podcast. They're freaking delicious. I had some yesterday. You should have some today. I want to thank uh, Alice Webb-Little. She is in the producer chair right now. She's the only other human in this room. So however this goes, uh, she will be my witness, and I appreciate her giving up Friday drinks to, uh, to be here. So uh, this morning... Uh, I get up very early. Regular listeners may be aware of this. Um, I got up at 5 a.m. to a text message that had arrived a half hour earlier asking me to call them urgently. Um, this was a source informing me that something big was about to happen. I got on the phone and they told me that 3 was being broken apart from the rest of MediaWorks, was being readied for sale, that Flower Street, which has been to be three's long time, potentially only home. Um, certainly as long as I've been aware of them was going to be sold. That something really big was brewing. Um, if in case you don't under, know about MediaWorks, MediaWorks is um, basically a holding company that owns sort of three main sets of assets. Um, 
maybe four. Uh, it owns a bunch of radio stations like The Edge, uh, My FM, and so on. Magic Talk, uh, which which uh, together comprise roughly 50% of New Zealand's radio industry. They're really profitable. Last year, it merged with QMS, an, an outdoor advertising company. That's really profitable. It has a bunch of digital assets, which realistically probably don't make any money, the likes of the News Hub site, Three Now, various radio station websites, but also don't cost a crazy amount to run for the most part. The biggest thing it owns in terms of its uh, visibility, its you know impact, its audience, uh, is Three, formerly known as TV3, for uh, basically... Ever since they launched, they have been the biggest and a lot of the time the only um, free-to-air competitor to to the state-owned TVNZ. Um, so, Three's had a checkered ownership history. It's been owned by Canadians. It's been owned by banks. By you know, basically a lot of the time, it's it's had debt, sometimes huge debt, up to sort of seven hundred million, um, and. It's been bankrupt a couple of times, but it's it's always survived. Um, and its current owner is a venture capital firm called called Oak Tree. They uh, basically bought some of its debt at a discount in 2012 and assumed full ownership in 2015. And ever since then, it's been for sale. But what they were always trying to do was sell all of MediaWorks. So sell the radio assets, sell the digital sell this group of uh, media assets which they believed were more than the sum of their parts and I think over the past few years there's been a dawning realization that in fact they were always less than the sum of their parts that in fact because the TV operation while it was very popular and you know visible it wasn't quite as attractive as the radio assets radio is an amazing medium like people just stay with it Um, it, it's it's the sort of, I don't know, it's the great cockroach of media. You People still listen to it. You go to workplaces, you get into your car, the radio's still on. I mean, there might be some audience decline, but nothing like that of TV, which has been massively hit by, by social media, by YouTube, by particularly by video on demand, the likes of Netflix and so on. Just anything competing for your time in this attention economy. Um, so there has been this realization that MediaWorks without three would be worth much more than MediaWorks with three. But there was a sort of a stubbornness because Oaktree didn't want to sell just some of it. Then what was it going to do with what was left? So they, for the longest time, they sort of held out um, to try and sell the package. At various times, the likes of Sky have kicked around trying to buy the TV assets, maybe trying to buy the whole thing, but they've always resisted. And I think probably now they've lost a lot of value um, by resisting overtures at at various times. Um, But today, as my source told me that that this thing was finally going to happen, and not only was was three going to be ready for sale, which which is no small thing. Like some people are acting like we've known this the whole time. We really haven't. We've known that MediaWorks was for sale. Actually, taking TV three, taking three, and ripping it out of the rest of MediaWorks is not easy. It has a combined sales operation. It has a combined uh, news operation and news hub, which was actually a relatively recent development and did make the company significantly harder to pry apart. Uh, it has. Yeah, you know, one of its flagship shows is the AM show, which plays 
on Magic Talk and on uh, on and on three, and um, so it's not going to be an easy thing. But they're just going to go through the process now. Um, but the big thing that my source emphasised, and this hasn't been particularly picked up or, or backed up, so I'm, to a certain extent, I'm exposed on this part of it, is that if they don't find a buyer, that they will shut it. Now, that's in some ways the sort of the natural implication of all this. And, and of course, the network isn't going to admit that um, because they're trying to sell it. And if you admit that you're trying to, that you're willing to shut it, A, it implies that its value is low and, and B, it kind of, it shows your hand a bit. Uh, I guess the, the thing that I find... Um, I don't know. It's it's just a really it's a really poignant situation because as much as uh, regular listeners will know, I'm I, that I love the media game. I'm a huge Succession fan. I read about it. I find this moment as much as it's like terrifying, and you know, spin-offs its own little media company, and we have to deal with the realities of it all the time. It's also just because of these huge tectonic forces at work, and because of the outsized. So, uh, outsized kind of uh, sort of scale it assumes in people's minds, outsized compared to the, the size of the business it is anyway, it has a prominence, it has these stars, and it's just it's just quite fun to watch when you get in the habit of it. But when it comes down to it, like this is these are people's jobs. This is these are people's lives. The, the, there are people at three who've been there for. For decades, in fact, Guy Williams wrote a very affecting, shocking really, because it's not what he's known for, but quite an, a moving piece about his 10 years at three, working with John Campbell, describing Hillary Barry, uh, you know, teaching an intern how to use the, how to, you know, put a, a clip together 20 minutes before she's on air. And it's always had that kind of feel about it as a company, like a, a sort of a scrappy, um, like kind of kid brother family type of a an operation like whereas TVNZ had this kind of born to rule there about it which I think to its credit is it is losing a bit three never had anything handed to it it never had enough money guy talks about the fact that it was always leaking um from the roof and also to other media um which has been quite fun but you know like the, the, there was there's just a particular energy about it for certainly for me growing up I always watched three always felt like that was my home channel um and and i think that's true for like a generation of people and a lot of us probably you know and to a certain extent you see you saw with the like save campbell live thing like there were a lot more people mad about campbell live being shut than were actually watching campbell live at the time and that kind of you know and and that's true of three like i'm sentimentally attached Two, three. I actually watch a lot more of it than than most probably, but I think a lot of people why they're mad about this, why they're sad about this, is is bound up to a certain extent in in a nostalgia for what the channel has meant to them over the years. Um, and and I guess you know that that is a big thing, but fundamentally this is about a lot of people and and a lot of jobs and an industry it's not like you can just rely on you know you can go go to the next media company down the road because they're hiring like this this will really really sting and it you know it's not just about three like three commissions a huge amount of local content the source i spoke to suggested uh 30% of the local production industry's content for new zealand was commissioned by three um you know 
RealPod listeners will know that the uh, reality TV slate that we talk about is, you know, the lion's share of it is on three iWorks, uh, sorry, Warner Brothers, which makes that, I'm sure that a three are by far its biggest client. Like, there are a lot of people waking up to the news that they're, um, that they might not, uh, you know, that they don't know whether they'll, their workplace will be around um, for all that much longer. So, yeah, so so my source suggested that whatever is, hap- is going to happen is going to happen quickly, that it could be as soon as Christmas that, that they announce either a sale or a closure. Um, I really am not in a position to say whether the, the closure by Christmas thing is, is needlessly alarmist. Um, you know, to a certain extent, the story, which I... Uh, reported earlier in the week about them not renewing Guy Williams' show suggests that this was a company really trying to to hold back on its liabilities. You know that even the twenty five thousand dollars an episode it was going to have to pay to uh, screen New Zealand Today next year was something that it didn't want to have on its books, which is exactly the kind of thing you do when you're readying a business for sale. Um, yeah, with hindsight. When I saw that, I should have known exactly what they were communicating, but I'm not that smart. Um, so what do we know now? The, the news is out. It's been a predictably huge story. Um, I actually sat on it for a couple of hours so that uh, you know th- uh, Three could communicate with its own staff, which is not the normal journalistic thing to do, but just... I don't know. This is our industry. It feels kind of like as much as I enjoy reporting on it, there's something, I don't know, it's starting to get really tight. The whole year I've been reporting on the media and there are times people have sort of insinuated or or straight up said that that there's been a a level of exaggeration or accused me of being kind of um, cahoots with with MediaWorks. Certainly I, I did an interview with... Michael Anderson, the MediaWorks CEO earlier this year, where he um, basically speculated about the end of, of of three and talked about the need for structural change in the industry because TVNZ is just such a beast in the broadcast world in terms of how much of the, the revenue it takes up. And on the day that interview was released, Hal Crawford wrote an editorial critiquing TVNZ, Duncan Garner dimmed the lights. So there was there's definitely been some theatre about this stuff. I should say that I just put out the piece. I didn't know that they were going to do that stuff. Um, I am sympathetic to that claim, but I also think that TVNZ is doing exactly the right thing by by its owners and shareholders. This is just a complicated scenario. Um, but, you know, so, so there has been a lot of people over the past um, year saying the media has been talking about the sky falling in for 10 years why is this year any different? I think we're starting to see that it is different. Um, you know, to me, there's manifestly, like, you watch all of the lines coming in together, like a, a very profitable business at the start of the decade with some shadows on the horizon. Now those those margins are coming in really close together. And, you know, MediaWorks is, is losing money. NZME and stuff are still making money, but... Every year, they're they're losing huge chunks of their revenue, and they're not. There is no way for them to take take huge chunks out of their cost base. I actually spoke to a, an analyst um, called Matt Henry from Forsyth Bar uh, an hour or so ago, who 
gave me a quote that totally chilled me to the bone, um, which I'll, I'll repeat to you now. This is basically about the media in general, um, particularly newspapers. But he said, in the US, they're often owned by companies which are milking them for cash flow. These things are dying, dying assets. Let's milk them for cash while we still can. Which is to say that, you know, all over America, there are sort of city newspapers, um, you know, in your mid-sized towns, which are throwing off somewhere between 10 and 20, 30 million dollars a year. But then the next year, it'll be 20 million dollars. The next year, it'll be 10. I, you can hold them, hold on to costs, take 30, 40 million out before that they, you know, the, the margin disappears entirely. And then the end of it, you just throw it away. And it just hits you in the chest, you know, that because ultimately the media isn't like other businesses. Like there is a sort of, you know, I, I'm, I'm not against the idea of creative destruction of, of, of uh, new models coming along that upset the old thing. And yes, it's always super sad when people lose their jobs, but new jobs are created. The thing is, all of the things which have disrupted media, Facebook, Trade Me, Google, uh, Netflix, is an exception, but all of the the the, the uh, things which have disrupted journalism, taking away the advertising revenue, they don't create any journalism. The number of journalists in New Zealand has gone from about four and a half thousand in two thousand six, I think, to around two thousand now. You know, like this is just a giant shrinking that is going on in this in this country and all over the world. So, the idea that we could just you know, that the media is just something that's going to disappear. Well, there's a cost to that, and it is the, the cost is, is journalism and, you know, culture more broadly. Um, what are the chances that three avoids that fate? Um, I think that rests on who might buy it. So I'll just run through a few scenarios firstly. Um, Sky is, is one that's been talked about. Uh, Mike Jennings wrote a piece for Newsroom discussing that possibility. He makes some good points, um, particularly that three with its bigger audience give it uh, the you know give it some of Sky's sport catalog, give it some of the amazing um, stuff you know HBO kind of things that they have on on Soho. I mean, Sky has just the biggest. Like it's got like a hundred channels, you know. It, it can fill three. It can make three of the best channel in New Zealand if it wants, um, and the biggest billboard for for Sky as well. the The problem is, Sky has already acquired Rugby Pass for sixty million bucks. It's required. It's acquired the rugby rights for five years, but that costed like four hundred million dollars and five percent of its company. Do they have the appetite to a swallow another loss making company when they're dealing with their own? big digital transition, it just seems like that might be a consolidation too far, even for someone as bullish as New Sky CEO, Martin Stewart. Um, so on balance, I think Sky's possible, but I don't necessarily believe it. Uh, Channel 7 is one that's been talked about. Uh, Channel 7 uh, acquired Great Southern, which was one of the biggest New Zealand production houses a year or two ago. They... They have a huge catalogue of Australian rea reality shows and, and just programming in general. Is there a world where they go, okay, we'll acquire three, put it into receivership, strip out a lot of, you know, its, it's ongoing contracts and, and some employment agreements and fill it with Australian content, take a little bit of New Zealand through New Zealand on air, try and get some savings there? It totally is. 
But again, it's just New Zealand's such a small market. This is this is the big thing with an overseas acquirer. You know, Melbourne and Sydney are as big and certainly richer markets than than all of New Zealand. And you have to really sort of believe that there is a, a big future um in in linear television uh to to want to do that. And I don't know, that's just that's just a hard one to to see, especially given what's been happening to ratings this year, which seem, you know, to my un, untrained eye like they're they're really going down at the moment. Um, TVNZ is another acquirer. I think it would be a really bad optical move for the government to buy this this channel once it's it's got to its knees and assume a monopoly over broadcast news. I can see them if it were to fall over, sort of cherry picking the best assets, getting sort of seven days and, um, uh, you know, some of their sort of premium um, programming and personnel assets can totally see that happening. But... I just it would just look pretty gross for the government to do it. I think uh, CBS did a turnaround with Channel Ten in Australia. I had someone email me today to say that that's not the craziest thing in the world. They're a family-run company. So they do things quite far-sightedly. They are in a sort of an expansionist mood. I just it's just New Zealand. It's little. It's such a little country. Um, and there's always the chance you know some ambitious person shells out because the thing is you buy it very cheaply. Like. Yes, this is a really big company, but you can you can have it for you know a few million bucks probably. And if you really back yourself, you know maybe maybe as an independent you can get something done. But it's just to get audiences that compete against Netflix and uh, you know all of the amazing content that is available free or cheap from around the world. You have to have local content. That's your big differentiator. What is the single thing that you know about local content, it's really freaking expensive to make. And that is just the reality. And I just don't know how you sort of close those two loops. Um, so uh, what are the implications of this? Um, New Zealand On Air, this is a massive thing for them. They have waited for decades to get out from the duopoly or the functional duopoly of uh, 3 and TVNZ um, with a little bit of prime. In the last couple of years, the likes of us, newsroom, staff, Coconut have started receiving sort of some fairly small amounts of New Zealand On Air money to do different stuff. But there's been a real, you can tell that New Zealand On Air is really enjoying the fact that it is a much more competitive marketplace that in the past it used to be that three and TVNZ basically talked about their money. What how are we going to spend our thirty million bucks or fifty million bucks on on shows from from uh, New Zealand on air? That you know, New Zealand on air has started saying no to to three and, and TVNZ lately. I think and I think they've really enjoyed that. If three goes away, this they're probably the single most challenged organization uh, out the back of this because they will go back to basically being a client state of TVNZ. You know, TVNZ will get easily 80% of that budget between TVNZ 1, 2, Duke, and, and TVNZ On Demand. That will give the commissioners at TVNZ power like they haven't had since the 80s. And um, I don't know, like, I really respect TVNZ. We work with them. I don't think that's a great thing for necessarily for New Zealand to have that much power concentrated in a single entity. Um and also, it makes the case for New Zealand and Air a bit more of a struggle. Like, should the government just direct fund this this giant thing that it owns? And 
let New Zealand on air just play with the the smaller players. You know, that's that's definitely on the table. Um, and you know, if if this goes through, I mean, this this is the thing. Hold on, I'm going to take a drink of beer. I'm going to dry mouth. Okay, this is this is basically why I think we should all be perturbed by it. I've seen people getting real excited about, you know, oh, yeah, well, serves them right for hiring Mark Richardson. A, Mark Richardson is a very, very talented broadcaster. You might just disagree with him politically, but he's real good at what he does. You just have to hear his voiceovers on the block. He's freakishly talented. He works about 115 hours a day. Mark Richardson is not the problem. And by the way, if three goes under, you know he's getting a job the next day? Mark Richardson. You are not seeing the back of him. Mark Richardson is not the problem. The problem is journalism and our media and just locally produced anything. Because fundamentally, if three goes, well, who's next? Like, stuff doesn't have any radio assets. Every year its profit goes down. It was just put on sale. No one wanted to buy it. It's almost certainly going to have more closures, more losses. It's being run as well as it possibly could. I'm a huge, huge admirer of Sinead Boucher, stuff's um, chief executive. But fundamentally, absent something changing, absent some kind of government relief, uh, I don't see that stuff at this scale is able to provide the extraordinary free service of a national news coverage with hundreds of stories a day that it does. I just don't see that, how that happens. Um, the Herald has put up this paywall. A lot of people hate the Herald. Again, I disagree with you. Um, I think you're just... I, like, I get that you don't like Mike Hosking. That's, that's fine. Um, also, a really talented broadcaster who get a job anywhere the next day. Yeah, his columns are totally trolling, and I think he's kind of a monster, but fundamentally... What Mike Hosking does for News Talk ZB, the fact that it's put on the Herald, look, it's it's bad, bad brand collateral damage, but I understand why they do it. Like it, it's it's a um, a cheap way of recirculating uh, their talent. Um, but they've bitten the bullet. They put all their best work behind a paywall. It's going pretty well. They've got, I think, at last count, fifteen thousand subscribers. I'm I'm sure it's more than that now. I feel like the Herald needs a hundred thousand subscribers to make it a viable business. And city the size of Auckland. Even a country the size of New Zealand, are there 100,000 paying subscribers? I hope so. I don't know. I don't know. And then we're screwed. If, if we lose those three companies, those are the three big private newsrooms, then we just have government-owned news. And this is the thing that Hal Crawford, Michael Anderson, Jesse Mulligan said on the project this week. They've been saying the whole time, and everyone looks at them and says, oh, you know, this is special pleading. You're full of shit. You're just, um, you know, you're... you're just trying to leverage and lobby and not just getting your business in order. But it's true. Like, it would be freaking weird if the only big newsrooms in the country were owned by the government. And and I don't see how that changes. Um, I, I do think that there will need to be some form of in intervention, whether that is the decommercializing of TVNZ1 which will basically be at best a short-term fix, but short-term fix is five years in this context. And that's, man, that's more than, like, <laughs> none of us can see that far. Like, it's, it's, it's hard out here. I feel really lucky to work at the spin-off. Love my colleagues, love our business model. We're going through a tough patch right now. That's why I really appreciate your support as members. Um, but fundamentally, we're a small 
nimble organization and we will gut out this period. The big ones, it's just so much harder for them. So many of their costs are structural and baked in, but they provide this unbelievably important essential service, which is journalism for this country. Sorry for being so honest. Um, but I genuinely think this is a bigger story than the public knows. Like the, the, the risks of these newsrooms are very serious and they're not. And while I like Chris Farfoy and you know, I met with him a few weeks ago, I think he's a very genuine person. I still don't know if anyone there understands just how intense it is. Okay, um, that's basically all I want to say. I just, if this is the beginning of the end of three, um, I'll be really sad. I grew up watching that station. I know a lot of people who work there. I'm a huge admirer of the culture it had. When I was the first starting out the spinoff, the vibe I wanted was like the sort of 90s, 2000s, uh, three vibe, like a little bit naughty, heaps of fun. You go super hard. You, you're creative with low resource. You try and attract young talent and just let them let them run. Like that seemed to me the most fun and cool thing that you could possibly do in this industry. Obviously, they've done basically all my favorite reality TV. You know, we're recapping Next Top Model at the moment. Um, Mass was a shit show, but you know, broadly speaking, they have really committed to it over the past few years and it's been super fun to talk about. People don't consider that culture, but I do. And I love seeing the country through that lens. Most of all, I'll just miss the idea of television as a great unifier. And irrespective of what happens to TV3, that is something that is going. Um, that idea that we all gathered around the, uh, the bright little lit box in the corner of the room, watched similar things, could talk about it the next day. When something happened, we all did it together. That is no longer a thing. And really, I think a, a lot of the emotion around this, a, a, irrespective of the jobs lost, which is a totally separate issue, that's the thing that we're pining for. And look, I miss that too. And um, I really hope that three, which in general I think has done a good job under trying circumstances, I hope it gets to keep battling I hope this is just another of these crazy war wounds and it's 30-year battling lifespan. I hope it's not terminal. Um, thoughts are with everyone at 3 and MediaWorks right now. And uh, I think that might be the end of my monopod. I hope it was not the worst, the most boring thing in the world. If it was, I swear to you, I won't do another one for a while. Thank you, Alice. Thank you, Nando's. See you next week. Kia ora e te iwi, te ai he butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.